everybody doing i hope you're home i hope you're safe or traveling to one of the uh golf courses that is still open in the state of oregon washington shut them all down will i can hear screaming into the microphone but his microphone is not on so i can hear him faintly Woo! through the hallways there he is yeah. oh man i am so stoked to be at home i made oh. a trip i made a trip to costco yesterday how's that you've been to costco lately yeah. How do you think it was? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Well, when was the last time you went? Uh, four days ago. Four days ago? Yeah. Went last night. This is the uh, Costco on Andreessen mm. in Vancouver near uh, Bad Parkway. Mm-hmm. It is a good one. Mm-hmm. Calm. Very calm. And very orderly. Uh, the, the staff was very prepared. They had a big board outside. Said what is available of the items that uh, has been, uh, you know, uh, sometimes not in stock. Mm-hmm. Had a list of what was not available. So you didn't go in looking for hand sanitizer and toilet paper. But I got my aluminum foil. I uh, updated my stock of canned pears. The girls wait, like wait, those wait, very wait, much. What's wait. that? Your aluminum foil? Yeah, I ran out of aluminum foil. We are going to cook a couple uh, steamed dishes. We're thinking of doing baked potatoes. We ran out of foil. So I needed more foil. I was able to pick that up, no problem. I got my uh, canned pears. Neither of them on the uh, watch list. The girls love them. What, canned pears? Any canned fruit can just walk on by, dude. You know what? I'm not eating canned fruit. Like, even if this turns into the apocalypse and we all have to shelter into Cold War... um, Bunkers. Yeah, Cold War bunkers. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I'm starving on the ground with my last breath. If somebody, like, pops open a fresh can of canned pineapple, I I will wave it off. What? Leave You're, me. You are insane. Leave me to die. Leave me to die and get that can out of my face. I don't want it to be the last thing I see. Real quick, before I go down my grocery list, because that's all we're going to do today. There are no sports. Are you wearing food service gloves? Yes. Those are the clear, like, frosted plastic not, you're not wearing the medical gloves. There's a, a big bin of the the black assassin's gloves uh, out on the uh, the table near the ping pong table here at the Entercom Studios. But you chose to go food service gloves. Here's the problem. You look like cafeteria lady. Here's the problem with those gloves out there. You tell I, me. I wore them last week. Okay. And my hands are so big that uh, they broke. You know what they say about big hands. Yep, that's right. Big gloves. I thought it was big penis. Oh, that might be it too. I don't know. If, I haven't heard that one, but I've heard big gloves. Um, but yeah, I got my milk, got my butter. We were running low on butter. But here was the thing. That I, I always forget you live on a farm. What's that? I always forget that you lived on a farm. Oh, yeah. Um, These are all very farm things. Farm, I got farm. my milk. Well, I'll tell you what freaked out my, my butter. Wife. Got my canned fruit. So here was the thing: we showed up. I showed up at home with the uh, with the supplies. I got every. My wife made a list of things that she needed. I braved the elements. I went to Costco. Got my got my things. Mm-hmm. I showed up with uh, the only eggs they had were brown. You don't trust brown eggs? 
I'm fine with brown eggs. That's why I purchased them. And then she looked at me with the side eye, and I go, they're exactly the same as the white ones. And she goes, I know. I thought it would be fun to decorate eggs for Easter with the kids. And I was like, oh, didn't know that. They were the only eggs they had, so just use the three we have left from the other container. I imagine you could probably still paint those eggs just fine, though, huh? You're a far more tolerant husband than I would be. How, how do you mean? Which, by the way, here's the <laughs> hack. Paint them white, then paint them. Why? Okay. I, I'm saying it shouldn't be a problem, but it, I did get the... If I came uh, home after braving a Costco trip... Braving? It was fine. Braving a Costco trip, and I bring home eggs, which I was told to do, and my wife said, why didn't you get the white eggs? Uh, that might be the straw. <laughs> to lose it That her? might be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me. But won't you think of the children? Yeah, I'm thinking of keeping everyone alive. I heard at least four people in the Costco, other shoppers, utter this or something similar to this mm. during the thing. I wish Costco could be like this all the time. Other than missing the the snack areas, the sampling areas, it was one of the better Costco trips I've ever taken. And I'll tell you what the best part was. Pulled right up to the gas pump on the way out. Now, did they limit the amount of people that went in? No, I talked to somebody earlier this week. He made a Home Depot trip, and it was one in, one out. Mm-hmm. So if two people left after making the purchase, they would let two people in. The parking lot was dotted with six feet uh, apart squares, and you had to wait in this zigzagging line, uh, social distancing before you can get in. They had to have somebody leave. But no, there's no such thing uh, at the Costco that I went to. Uh, they did have all the carts ready to go, somebody sanitizing them as they handed them off to you. Very nice touch. But yeah, no, there was no, there was no count. There was an awkward moment when three of us were about to go around the same corner, and this woman looked at me like, "I'm not getting anywhere near you, buddy." And then this other couple just going, "All right, well, we'll, we'll all stand back." And then we kind of had to do like the dodgy. Mm. Everybody, make sure you stay six feet. Other than that, no awkward moments. I had a terrible moment at Fred Meyer yesterday. Oh, did you tell me about it? Now, Fred Meyer has, for some people, depending on where you are, there are many Fred Meyers. Um, I only know of one. Right next to my house. It's very Many. convenient. A oh. lot. Had no this idea. News to you. Just finding this out. Okay. Well, at my Fred Meyer. Gotcha. Wasn't too busy. It's about three o'clock. Went in. Uh, was walking around. And this is this is a very terrible moment that I had. This did you cause the terrible? This is moment? me. No, not me causing it, but Ugh. me having inaction. I will say I'm disappointed. Okay. Uh, a woman who was wearing a mask. That was in a wheelchair, dropped her bag, and we were in the same aisle. And I I turned around and <laughs> just walked ran the way. For I it. literally walked the other way. I'm usually a pretty courteous person. And you I helped her out. You just went, ah, no, I just ran. Nope, nope. Sorry. <laughs> that is a trick. There is something in that. I don't know. I I don't know where that bag's been. I don't know where you've been. No, let me be fair for a second, because if it was anybody else even. Just somebody not in a wheelchair, somebody not wearing a mask. I'm still not touching the damn thing. The mask does not give me confidence in the person wearing no, the mask. No. There, there is no sense of, hey, you're doing your due diligence to stay safe. Even the gloves. Like, I'm looking at your gloves right now. That does not give me any hope that you're you're clean. As it shouldn't. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man, this guy can't. He cannot convince himself to wash his hands enough to let his hands be exposed 
to the world. Therefore, I actually trust you less when you're wearing gloves and or a mask. That's fair. If it keeps you away from me more, yeah, I'm good with that. See, the, the advice. And maybe that's why the people are wearing the mask, the healthy people, is that, well, if I wear it, maybe they'll get the same thought that you're having right now and go, well, I don't want to get near that guy. Yeah. I um when I when I go for a run I tend to I wear a bandana on my head because I sweat a lot it'll run into my eyes so I've I had a yeah, bandana. you don't want it to run down your uh, crop top shirt you got it you wearing a bandana yep. running yeah I look sweet in it don't worry about it and um so I had one out and I asked my wife I go I go should I wear this to Costco like an old time cowboy I go will that like make me look awesome and she goes uh, I don't think it's gonna help you at all in the you know fight against coronavirus mm. and she goes you'll probably just look like a psycho i saw two people at costco wearing, wearing bandanas, bandanas over yeah. their faces yeah so if well, you're worried about covid19 totally understand but if you have not seen the news don't worry president trump has consulted american hero alex rodriguez yeah did you see that we're safe don't worry about Odd. it and j-lo on a conference call just called him up and said, hey, you cheated at baseball a lot. You probably know a lot about this. I'll remind you that A-Rod started playing professional baseball at 19. So not only does he not hold a advanced degree or any medical degrees, he does not hold a degree. So I'm wondering, I don't doubt that this happened. There are multiple sources <laughs> saying that this happened, including somebody that goes, I helped connect the call reporting on it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it happened. I, again, I don't doubt that this happened. I just think that it's a little different than what people are supposing. Because I think people, what people are supposing is the president picked up the phone and was like, all right, I'm running out of options. Time to call A-Rod. <laughs> I think he just called A-Rod and then they had a conversation. And then maybe like a couple minutes into it, he was like, oh, by the way, what, how would you approach this? Like you think he just called A-Rod to call A-Rod? Yeah, just to chat. Well, maybe they hang out a lot, and this whole social distancing thing has caused them not to have some face-to-face, -face, so he goes, I'm going to call my good friend A-Rod. So and then in the back of his mind, during the conversation, he kind of just thought of it and was like, hey, you know what? I'll ask his advice. See yeah. how he's doing. So here's the thing is they're not exactly buddies. As a matter of fact, Trump has been uh, known to trash a-Rod, uh, so you may know this or you may not. Donald Trump, New Yorker, is a big Yankees fan. His Twitter feed is full of disparaging comments about A-Rod, both as a person and as a baseball player. And apparently, at some point, Trump was trying to sell Trump Tower to A-Rod, and when he backed out of the sale, he trashed him again. So there's not a cordial relationship, at least not publicly, between those two. I think he honestly called up A-Rod and said, what should I do about this man? You turned around your image. How do I do it? So you're saying that it's not just like a tactical call, but more like a, hey, my image is kind of suffering. I, How do I do Because I agree I, with you. I don't think A-Rod has any, uh, you know, um, you know, public health experience or education that would make me think that, you know, he's a resource. Yeah. Here. So I don't know. Again, I'm just going to go with the theory that he was calling up his good buddy, wanted to check on his hot wife, and then it came up. He, he sure. just, he thought of it. He thought of it after three minutes. It came up and then he asked. Let me tell you what research I did on this story. I came across the headline and I went, 
Uh, it's probably nothing. So entertainment tonight? I couldn't tell you where I saw it. Okay. I, just, I just went. Uh, that's uh, a good start. I went, you don't know your source. No, no, no. <laughs> listen. Listen. Listen to my, the research that I did on this. I looked at it and I went, okay, this is probably just sensationalism. Okay. Right? Sure. Then I saw it again and I went, all right, so may, maybe there's something like you were thinking. Maybe they were talking and COVID-19 came up. How wouldn't it? Every conversation that you have with any person in the entire world right now, COVID-19 comes up. So I thought what you thought. Didn't read the article. Saw the headline again. Ignored it. Again, ignored it. The sixth time I saw the headline, I went, maybe you should actually read this. And this was in USA Today. And the guy who broke the story says that he helped connect the call and was listening in on it. And... It sounds like he called him up specifically for COVID-19 advice. So don't worry, people. I know you may or may not have faith in your president, uh, but he's talking with A-Rod, so at least he's consulting experts. Don't worry. Are they friends? Doesn't sound like it because, again, somebody went through their Twitter timeline and went, yeah, he trashes this guy on a pretty regular basis. Hey, you know what they say. Just A-Rod's good at Healthcare. I don't know if USA Today is the, the perfect source that you need, but I ignored it and ignored it. And I'm like, I think I actually have to read this because this story will not go away. Mm. So that's what I have for you on A-Rod helping taking down coronavirus. So there you go. I have a good proposition for listeners. Please. Well, we'll talk about it next segment. Perfect. Will has a proposition for you. We have two sports leagues taking on the COVID-19 crisis with two different tactics. That and more ahead. You're listening to The Center and the Saint right here on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in. We've got a bracket in March, uh, but it is broadcaster bracket. We'll give you the results of that. We've got uh, leagues handling things a little bit differently. Uh, baseball and the Players Union have come to an agreement on what they need to continue the season. So we have plenty of sports things to talk about. KD, you cheese butt. Where LeBron at? KD, LeBron, he gonna yam on you. Uh, we're also celebrating um, 328 by trashing the Falcons, which is fun. But, Juice. Will, you had a, uh, was it a proposition? Yeah, I think I phrased it like that. It's probably just a question. Oh, okay. I mean, a proposition is a question, right? Or is it? Mm, no, I think it's a... It can be. Okay, well, what's your proposition? What's your question? What did you What did you want to say? Before we get to all the great things that I've prepared for our listening audience, what do you want to interrupt that with in the form of a question? Now, we had a Facebook poll at 1080 The Fan yesterday that asked, I think, a pretty good question. Okay. If you had to be quarantined in your house with either of these two trailblazers, which one would you choose? <laughs> Damian Lillard, Rasheed Wallace. Again, it's your house, not theirs. 55305. 55305. Damian Lillard or Rasheed Wallace. It's your house. And it's Damian Lillard. My house isn't made for tall people. Here's the interesting thing. Okay. Is that the votes by far and away said, yeah, give me, give me Damian Lillard. But all the comments were saying, I want Sheed because I think Sheed's going to bring the party. Yeah, but you can't have a party. You're quarantined. It's just Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, but a, a party with Sheed would be pretty sweet. Yes, I know, but it's not a party. It's a quarantine. 
I assuming it's just my family as is plus Rashid Wallace. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the way I picture. It's not like Rashid and his posse, and it's my house. And so I feel like I feel like if if I make dinner yeah. for Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. he's probably appreciative of whatever effort I put into it. Mm-hmm. I figure if I make something that she doesn't like, he's throwing the plate into the wall and scaring the children. I don't want any part of that. I think he's temperamental. I don't know why you want any part of that. I think that's a terrible question. Well, I would think Damian Lillard would be cool for about an hour. Yeah. And then you'd probably get effing sick of him rapping along to instrumentals that he plays on his iPod because he doesn't know what else to do with himself. See, I think she would be down with whatever you're doing. Mm. You'd just be like, all right, I'm cool. Like, oh, you want to play video games? Okay, let's do that. Oh, you want to watch a show? Yeah, that's cool with me. See, I think Dame would want to drive the activities and uh, the conversation into his lane. He'd be nice about it, but you'd have to talk about what Dame wants to talk about, which I, I just I don't think we're on the same wavelength. See, I, I feel like uh, Dame probably has some good stories. I feel like she doesn't want to share a whole lot about himself. She's not going to open up. I think Dame's more likely to play with the kids. I think uh, that's true. Rashid Wallace probably just ignores them. If you're playing video games, you're playing the game that he wants to play, which is probably something on the N64 because he hasn't really gotten into the modern games. Dude, he probably I'm good with N64. That's cool with me. Yeah, but it's Dude, prob- if he brings it with Rumble Pack, yes. Yeah, but I feel like he's not playing the game you want to play. It's some obscure title. Like he's not playing Mario Kart playing some stupid game that he liked back in the day. It's probably a one-player game. He's probably just playing a first-person shooter, and you get to watch him play, you know, Goldeneye, but he goes, I don't play four-player, and he just does the levels, and you have to watch him go through the whole thing. I'm cool with that. If he uh, can, if, Dude, if he can beat Train on 007, I'm good. I'd like to see that. All right. Somebody on the text line also pointing out that uh, depending on if they have weed, that nah, would be. It's a fair point. Which is kind of a fair point because then you have to ask yourself, who would you rather smoke pot with while you're in quarantine? Damian Lillard or Rasheed Wallace? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fair question, I suppose. Uh, My question to you, my rebuttal to that, if you had to spend quarantine with one trailblazer, who would you rather spend it with, Carmelo Anthony or C.J. McCollum? C.J. McCollum, easy. Really? Yeah, that's I not think even CJ a, would be exhausted. Not an option. Are you serious? Yeah, that is automatic. CJ McCollum. Uh, I feel like CJ would be unbearable. Why? Have you ever listened to him talk? Yeah, CJ would only talk about himself. Oh no. Yeah. Here's the issue with Carmelo Anthony. He uh, would be in quarantine with you, away from his family and his kids and all of his friends and yeah. uh, his huge group. Sure. And so he would literally just be facetiming dudes constantly. Like, he would be more busy doing stuff that you don't want to hear about and you don't want to be a part of that, like, he just has to do it. Like, you've seen how many of those FaceTime interviews he's been on with Dwayne Wade and LeBron James. He's given LeBron for his props for saving his life. Here's the other thing. CJ does a podcast, and you could probably get in on it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would, I would rather go mellow in that scenario. So I'm a little surprised you went that quickly. Um, all right. Well, you've kind of limited my time here. We've gone. Oh, I know, right? Because we've gone a little deep. We have so many things to talk about. We have so many sports topics to talk about. I am so sorry that I'm cutting in. I totally agree. (laughs) NFL draft will commence April 23rd through the 25th. Yeah, that's right. 
This has been decided on by the panel of owners. Roger Goodell sent out a memo to the league. Now, earlier this week, GMs were saying that, hey, it doesn't seem fair to start it. They need more time. They can't go and see people in person. They can't do physicals. They can't get into the team facilities. Well, not only has Roger Goodell announced that they are going to have the draft as scheduled, it'll be a TV show. It won't be a live show in Vegas. But he put in the memo that you're not allowed to talk badly about this decision in any of your pressers. So we're doing it. And if you don't like it, shut up about it. I don't think you need that tone in it. I think right now you're probably allowed to have whatever conversation you want. But what do you think of Roger to get Goodell's decision to be so forward about going, hey, listen, we're doing it. You shut up about it and like it. Smart. Really? Probably the only smart thing he's done in a couple of years. The, the the actual having the draft on time, maybe. But really having a, a gag order on everybody going, oh, there's potentials for fines if you go out and disparage this decision. Think about it this way. The only thing that will have you focus solely on football here in the next couple months is going to be the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You will not have training camp, probably. Most likely will not. No OTAs, no, no OTAs. rookie mini camps. Yeah. No mini camps. That means no press conferences. You might want to be careful about how people perceive your television product and how people watch it and how people go into the next phase of this pandemic thinking of the NFL rather than making it an event where all the players, all the teams get really pissed and start having these little battles between each other before the event even starts. And then our lasting impression of the NFL heading into, you know, spring, maybe fall is, Oh yeah. They were all fighting over the draft. Yeah. I would rather it be a fun experience, which I'm sure the NFL will try as hard as they can to make this a very fun experience. They'll probably have all the uh, draft picks live streaming, right? Yep. All the top 10 guys will be live streaming from their houses. I'm sure they'll have GMs that'll be live stream. And in fact, if the NFL is smart, they would also simulcast this on Twitch where they could probably have GMs and owners have their own cams. So you can flip between cams and watch people. So again, I think there's a great opportunity here where you can make this an entertaining thing. That's a nice lasting uh, farewell for now card, because really nothing's going to happen after the NFL draft for a long time. Why make it a controversial event? Why not make it fun? Something they'll remember something they'll come back to. Totally agree. Maybe I'm taking this out of context, but I just want to read you the line. He said, public discussion of issues relating to the draft serves no useful purpose. Totally agree with that. Hence my point. And is grounds for disciplinary action. Okay, I want to know what that disciplinary action <laughs> that's, is. That's, that's the part that I think you can leave out. That's yeah. where he couldn't get through without gadelling it. He just had to throw that in there. A lot of what he says in there makes total sense. Hey, this is a great opportunity. It gives us the chance to entertain people. This can be something where, you know, we have a chance to shine where there's no, I get all that. But the line where he just goes, hey, listen, we're doing it. It's not up for discussion. It doesn't serve a purpose. Cool. Is grounds for disciplinary action. That just, it, it's the one step where just like, whoever's proofreading that for Goodell probably just went, Hey, Roger, I just noticed, hey, this memo sounds great, but 
you didn't sound like an uncaring SOB at all in it. So I was thinking maybe we could just drop in there somewhere where you're like, and if you don't like it, you're getting thrown in the slammer. Like maybe there was an added stipulation that if they did, he would, uh, he would, um, he would make marijuana use a uh, suspendable action again. Yeah, he wrote, I believe the draft can serve as a very positive uh, purpose for our clubs, our fans, and the country at large, and many of you have agreed. Great. Dude, like, I'm t- totally with you on the draft, and I'm 100% that it should go off as scheduled. And, you know, the, the question came up today. I was listening to um, our friends Dari and Mel. Uh, when they're coming in, they're talking with Dan Orlovsky. It's so great that they're on before us, you know. Yeah. We talked to those guys right before the show. Every great time. guys. Great yeah. guys. I saw them leaving as we were coming in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Dan Orlovsky was on, and they were talking about, you know, just the quarterbacks in the draft. And they asked the question to Dan Orlovsky. They said, have you considered the possibility that there might not be an NFL season this year? So I'll ask you the same question, Will, because I thought it's – it's interesting because it hasn't really jumped into my mind, but I think if you postpone the draft, it feels a little bit more real that there is a possibility of no football this year. Have you considered that as a possibility at all? No, there will be football this year. It'll just be probably a stunted version. Stunted version in, in maybe what an eight fashion? game season. Eight game season, or yeah. and do you picture it without fans? Do you think they would play in an empty stadium? No, because I think by that time, again, it will be an eight-game season, but it will start much later. Yeah. Um, what eight games do you play? Do you just play half of your schedule? Just play your conference yeah. half of the schedule? I think you play. I think you play your you, you one play division your, game. You play your division, and then you and play, then you'd pick four, and then as the NFL, you pick four primetime games. Yeah. Um, to try to match up after that, just and, all in each conference. Yeah, and then you could restructure the playoffs to make it so. Hmm. You know, I don't know. Just make it best record overall and go about it like that. I, I mean, that's really the only option that you have at this point is playing an eight-game season and waiting as long as possible, um, maybe having them start in December. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of that you could still allow fans to go to the stadium because uh, unlike baseball or basketball, the NFL still relies incredibly heavily on attendance mm-hmm money because a lot of people go to games sure um you know the best example is the washington redskins nobody goes to the games and they're in financial trouble <laughs> like well, no tampa, one goes to the game nobody goes to the tampa bay game so yeah. they're willing to pay tom brady whatever they have to to get people, so to, people to show people go to the games, games. Yeah. yeah no absolutely There's definitely um, so, an element yeah of that. I, I think it's more of a thing of saying let's make an eight game season and push it out as far as we can so people can actually go to it if that means that they have to fill it to quarter capacity <laughs> i mean that's what you got to do you have to save this um in some sense, because it's a billion dollar industry. Yeah, I just it, I can picture an NF or an NBA game. I can picture baseball games with nobody there, but it's just hard to imagine an NFL game with the attendance of the Bahamas Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, it would be weird, and I think more than any other sport, maybe basketball, but more than any other sport, the NFL needs an audience. Yeah, I would agree. Like you have to. But and they it, also have a wonderful TV product, and the draft is a chance to go, hey, this is how we do things without it. The, the thing is, by the time we get to September when the NFL should be kicking off, all semblances of normal, if we're still in a similar situation that we are now, where it's stay home, stay safe, we don't get the NBA back, we don't get Major League Baseball back, I mean, at that point, 
I think I'm kind of game for whatever they put together. Uh, the Major League Baseball has put together their stipulations to restart a season. The the variations of, of a baseball season that they're willing to see. The Players, Players Association and baseball have agreed to that. We'll talk about that in the second hour. Um, but I do want to talk about the NBA continuing to lead with making, I think, mostly the right decisions in the way they've responded to things. Um, the NBA made a decision, and nowhere in that decision memo did I see that uh, disciplinary action uh, was part of it. So the NFL staying true to script uh, and the NBA staying true to script. We'll talk about uh, the NBA's uh, and Adam Silver's decision that they made this week. I think that is very impactful and shows great leadership. We'll do that after this no sports sports interrupting welcome back in hope everybody is safe home healthy getting through the stay at home stay safe stay home stay safe orders um definitely a weird world that we're living in uh working from home all week has been a little bit bizarre my wife's uh laid off her business closed kids are home uh so for me it's been a little bit bizarre, but uh, I'm sure it is for everybody else. That's the one thing you can say is at least we're kind of all in this together. How was your week, Will? Oh, it was fine. Uh, the one thing I'm noticing um, is that working from home is actually a little more challenging. Because um, of the cats? Well, not the cats. The cats are great. Um, <laughs> and it's actually not even uh, technology either because I just took the PC that I have here at work. I just took it home with me. <laughs> that works. Um it's the ability to not see people face to face and get a genuine feel for if something they're whining about is immediate or not. Ah, the, because all it is is email yep. and through an email, you can make something sound really urgent. Sure. This has got to happen right now. Oh, that's right. Should have happened yesterday. Oh my mm. gosh. I, I need this right now. Like you have to jump on the phone with me. Usually when that happens in the office, I just walk to somebody's uh, office or where they are, wherever they are, and I just am like, okay, well, wh how urgent really is this? And then it'll come out that, oh, well, it's going to start next month or next week. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's really that urgent. But now everything is pressing. Yeah. It's yeah. a little annoying. Yeah. Well, it's But you know what? If that's my biggest problem, I'm doing okay. Well, obviously, a lot of businesses have been affected, and uh, we don't uh, want to make light of any of that. Um, a lot of people uh, are, are out of work. Like I mentioned, my wife is. Uh, a lot of restaurants, obviously, with layoffs. They just closed all the golf courses in Washington, which includes Southwest Washington. So if anybody out there uh, is struggling, I do want to point out that we do have a link on the homepage at 1080thefan.com. It shows not only businesses that are still open that you can go and support, but it also shows who's hiring. So a lot of the grocery stores, uh, some banks. Um, I talked to somebody yesterday that owns a small outdoor construction company. They build uh, outdoor living spaces. They're shut down in Washington. They can't do any projects in Southwest Washington, but they're open in Oregon. They're actually looking for help right now. Uh, so if you go on to 1080thefan.com and you're looking to see who's open or you're looking for some work temporary or permanent, uh, you can go on there. It's called uh, We're Open and We're Hiring Portland. Um, so you can go on there. If you're a business, you can sign up. If you are looking for help, you just want to let people know that you're open. So go and check that out. I'm pretty sure, too, I have to check the web form very quickly. Yes, we do. Uh, there's still a list of uh, local golf courses that are open during the coronavirus. Fantastic. Uh, with um, indication if they're serving food and yep. 
Just basically a bunch of details about them. So, again, cool. that's on the homepage as well. Awesome. Well, there you go. Um, if you're a business out there, large or small, and you're looking to someone in the sports world for the way to do things properly, the NBA and Adam Silver are that example. Adam Silver and the top 100 executives from around the world uh, in the NBA. So obviously the NBA is a global brand at this point. Um, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, he reported on Thursday that the top 100 executives from the NBA, which includes Adam Silver, are taking a 20% pay cut during the virus and the holdout of the NBA. That is a fantastic move. Now, the reason that stands out so well is you may have seen earlier this week, Josh Harris, one of the billionaire owners of the 76ers, asked for any of the Sixers full-time employees that make $50,000 or more to take a 20% pay cut while not offering to take a pay cut himself. Luckily, we don't always love the vitriol in which Twitter comes at people with. But luckily, not only uh, everybody bashing him on the social medias, but a $50,000 offer to help guarantee the salaries of some of those workers from Joel Embiid had him reverse his opinion. Uh, there was an NHL owner, uh, that uh, Jeremy Jacobs, uh, that is one of the owners of the Boston Bruins, said he was going to force his 68 full-time employees to be placed on temporary leave. He's getting absolutely crushed for it. We've been seeing people make very poor decisions, but man, every time you look at the NBA, it seems like they're making the right decisions. And Adam Silver looks like more and more the leader, not only of the NBA, but of the coronavirus that I think everybody should be looking to. Don't, would you agree? Well, and yeah, I completely agree. And not only that, but I think I mentioned this last week was that, you know, um, I, I heard an interview that he did with Rachel Nichols. And now I think it, you know, Gosh, I've, I've lost track of time at this point. It might have been two weeks ago. Who knows? But I'm with you. Um, he did an interview with Rachel Nichols where he basically had this stance of saying, like, look, I am eternally an optimist. I always think on the positive side of things. And I am trying to think of new ways right now to get the NBA back playing. And I'm not doing it uh, solely for the fact that, you know, we need to make money because, of course, we're a business. But it's what's best for the American people because they need something to focus on other than this just impeding doom that seems to be like coming down on everybody. He said, you know, America needs to get back to watching sports and using it as a, uh, you know, as a distraction to um, the type of problems that they have today. And, you know, I was hearing him talk and I was just saying like, this is a guy who's a commissioner of a sports league given probably, you know, one of the top three sports leagues in the world, but a commissioner of a sports league, why can't we have people like this in government who <laughs> yeah. take this type of optimistic look and say, look, you know, we, we understand, we understand the trials and tribulations of all this. We understand the dangers. We get it. We're working for it. But at the same time, we have to find some sense of normalcy here because yeah. otherwise we're not going to get through it. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've been entirely pressed by Adam Silver He's now starting to become quite possibly the greatest commissioner in sports history. He he's getting there. I'll tell you, he's 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 I, not I mean, had an easy dude, road. Wasn't he on the job for a week yeah. and then he kicked Don Sterling yes. out? He has had he has had some of the more incredible uh challenges to face 
Um, and and this is, I think, by far the biggest. But, yeah, when we look to leadership, you see Steph Curry having the Anthony Fauci interview this week, and Anthony Fauci, that's a, a whole nother story. Uh, he's been kind of the pe- person that people have been turning to as far as understanding what the virus is. But I think in leadership, I don't know that anybody – in business, let alone sports, has stepped up bigger than Adam Silver. And I'll just go through this because this is something that has been befuddling me all week, is my phone has on my calendar, uh, I basically just merged it with all of the local sports teams. I just like to know when games are being started. So yesterday I get the notice that 4.30 should have been Trailblazers uh, at the TD Garden against the Boston Celtics, followed by the Calgary Flames taking on the Vancouver Canucks, followed by the Mariners and the Rangers today should be the Rangers Mariners against, and then the Canucks playing the Anaheim uh, Ducks. And you just look at it and you just go, man, we've, we're not just missing out on the Blazers run to the playoffs. You're missing out on the start of baseball season. Thursday should have been opening day. You've got the NHL going into, I think one of the best playoff tournaments that you have. The NHL is always fun. And then you're supposed to have the NHL draft. This is a time of year where it's just jam-packed with sports. It's not that we're just missing the NCAA tournament, which is huge, but it's also the kind of the culmination of two sports seasons, the start of another, and you just realize day by day what should be happening in sports, and you realize how much of a void there is. Um, but there was another thing. I was talking to Cam earlier this week. I filled in for Dusty, and he said, the other thing you realize is sports just isn't that important. Here's somebody that has three kids playing youth sports. He's a coach. His wife's a coach. He you know, played professionally. He hosts a sports radio show and goes, yeah, there are more important things than taking care of families. Definitely that. But I agree with Adam Silver going, man, if we can get back to some sense of normalcy, some sense of distraction is what sport really is, uh, it sure would be nice. So with that distraction, uh, we go to one of our more distracting segments of the show. Uh, we present you Good versus Evil next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the... What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. Big name guys who could have missed out on a year and had their free agency delayed by a year, they're going to be out on the market. And this was a big concession from owners, but one that they wanted to make because they understood if Major League Baseball is seen as the sport that is bickering amid this crisis, it is a terrible, terrible look. That's FedEx guy that sleeps with your wife while you're on work vacations, Jeff Passan. What? What? Slept with my wife while I was on vacation? There's no MLB season at all. The players and the owners have reached an agreement that will give the players 4% of their salaries, but they will get a full year of service. The key to remember with this is that it's possible that Mookie Betts, that's right, Mookie Betts would become a free agent without ever playing an inning with the Dodgers. Who traded for him? <laughs> if you're the Dodgers, what do you do? You hope there's a baseball season. I mean, there there's a lot of uh, contingencies in place to play games as late as December for a World Series that we've seen. And we'll talk about this in hour two. But if if there's 
A year without a Major League Baseball season, a year without uh, NBA Finals, a year without a NCAA tournament, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot more to worry about than what happens with free agencies. The the comment that that you read in there, I think that's most telling is going if baseball is dumb enough to bicker amid what is a global crisis. Uh, then they're they're surely mistaken. The CBA uh, is is I think up for renewal uh, in Major League Baseball, and they don't need another fight on their hands before they get into that. So it's give the players what they want and hope that there's a season. I don't like it. I love it. Hell with them. You got a job that you, you ain't stepping on a damn football field. You, all you're doing all year is working the damn phones anyway. What's the problem? Excuse me, there's not going to be any fans in attendance that's going to call upon you watching tape, watching film, going by what you're seeing, and making a call. Oh, my God. That's the man whose thought process is equivalent to traders on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange this past month, Stephen A. Smith. There was a memo that we just talked about in the last segment that NFL Commissioner Roger Dell sent out to teams confirming, yes, there will be a draft, and it's going to go off as scheduled at the end of April with nobody in attendance. He also said that public discussion on issues relating to the draft serve no purpose and could be grounds for disciplinary action. Seems like a perfect message for GMs. How much worse does the NFL look in this situation compared to the other big three? Again, they have an opportunity to showcase what it is. I understand what Roger Goodell was trying to do by saying, uh, hey, don't talk trash about this. We're doing it anyways. Um, but he didn't need to put in that part of a disciplinary action. I think that's where it gets down. I don't think the NFL looks terrible in this situation. I think it's a very tough decision, and there's a lot of things to consider. If you lead a, read through that memo, there's a lot of points going, hey, we have an opportunity to not only be showcased, but give people distraction. That's what sports should be. If we are able to resume the season, uh, it's going to be a lot more of these difficulties playing without a training camp, playing without OTAs, playing without rookie mini camps uh, are going to be among those. So having the draft now, uh, it, the, the other comment is having the draft now could be just as difficult as having it in three months. There's no reason that a delay makes things any easier. So have it now, have it later. You're going to run into the same challenges that the GMs are complaining about. I said that's your MVP. So LeBron James, to me, right now, if the season ended today, is the MVP of the league. And, and I'll tell you why. Because he took eight new faces. See, people not giving him credit for this. The Lakers got eight new guys on the team, got a new coach as well. Right, so now he had to make an adjustment to all these new faces. That was a man who feels pain if he doesn't smile every second, Magic Johnson. He was on a podcast with some of his buddies this past week because what the hell else are you going to do at a time like this? Among the things that were said, uh, Johnson relayed that uh, LeBron James said, I know that's kind of a weird, confusing thing. Yes, I'm very confused. I want to play if there's going to be no fans. This is LeBron James talking. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to start over. <laughs> this is what LeBron James said. I don't want to play if there are going to be no fans. We need fans. I can't imagine it. James also said that the NBA layoff was not particularly helped his 30-year-old, or I'm sorry, 35-year-old body, and that teams should not go straight into the playoffs when returning. Again, the subject of this, LeBron James is 35 years old. He doesn't think the layoff has helped his body. Shouldn't go back just to playoffs. Yep. Do you agree? I have a hard time picturing how we go back 
to normal. There's not going to be a switch that is flipped where it's like, all right, guys, I appreciate what everybody did during the uh, the layoff. Everybody's working from home. We weren't playing, uh, but we just got the all clear. Let's go back to normal. It's not going to happen that way. There's going to be a trickle back. And I think if you can salvage the season with playing without fans and have a timeline to get fans reintroduced in time for the playoff, he's asking for two things there. Finish the regular season and don't and don't play without fans. So I think if you can finish the regular season without fans and have the playoffs with fans, I think there's a compromise in there somewhere. There's not an automatic switch back to normal. Uh, so sh shut up, LeBron. Nobody cares what you think. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. And I love this one. This just makes me very happy. I'm excited. Comes from Manchester, New Hampshire. Your headline, man told to turn down music grabs sword and chases the man. So the man who whose music was too loud picked up his sword and started chasing the other man? That's correct. Where was the music being played? A man has been accused of grabbing a two and a half foot long, 76 centimeters for you Canadians, sword and chasing after another man who asked him to turn down your music. Okay, where were they? A I'm man try, knocked on the this. door of Benjamin Leyland, 47. Uh, that's the sword-wielding music enthusiast on Monday. Uh, Leyland reportedly became upset and grabbed the sword. He allegedly chased the man down a hall, so I'm going to guess an apartment building. Nice. Uh, the man got away, and there were no inquiries. <laughs> Do we have any information on what music was being played too loud? Because I'd like to think that it was something very calming, Listening to Yanni or uh, or Kenny G at a loud volume, going, you know, just trying to get in my Zen zone. I mean, I don't. If it was if it was heavy metal or something, I'd be a little bit disappointed. I think that's what you would expect. But I'd like to think that it was pop music, some sort of uh, classical. Hey, you turned down that Mozart, or I'm coming in there, and then he busts out his broadsword. I would like to think more about the idea of what. What led up to this? Because this was not an isolated incident. Oh, yeah. These this guys guy has been having a week, it sounds sure. like. He was having an awful week, and he just wanted to unwind with some music that he was probably playing too loud. Sure. And somebody came over and was not following social distancing policies and knocked on his door. Shame on them. Yeah. And he said, you know something? I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to go grab my two-and-a-half-foot sword here. And I'm going to chase him. That doesn't seem like that big of a sword. Am I wrong about that? What about two, two and a half feet? Yeah. I mean, you're, I, I would think I want my I sword. I would want a two and a half foot sword. You don't want some six foot sword. Dude, I you're understand not be that. You're able but, to wield the thing. But I'm, now, is that a two and a half foot blade? And then you've got another, you know, six inches of handle. Because you're talking about swinging a yardstick, right? I think a yardstick is a pretty good sword, but anything shorter than that, that's eh, a pretty wimpy sword. Let me tell you this. Of course, it could be a broadsword or one of those, uh, what are the Arab swords called? The ones with the big uh, hook on them? I don't think you can say Arab sword. I think I can. <laughs> I don't think I'm talking about a person. Can you <laughs> type it in right now? Can you find the official name, please? I, I, I can so we try. don't get in trouble. It's an Arab sword. Okay. With a bunch of pictures of it. It's one with the big hook on it. No, I do Images not think. Images for Arab swords. I don't think it was a 
Arabic sword. Arabic, okay. Okay. Well, I don't no, think it was an Arabic both, sword. Nope, both are here. Wikipedia's got a... Look, man, I just don't want to trigger people, all right? I understand Everybody's that. on edge. Okay. And they don't need you relating a ethnicity to a sword. The Arab sword, sometimes called a saif, S-A-I-F, or the shamshir, depending on the era. Saif? I don't know. Is there an F in there? Yes, definitely an F. Maybe, saif, maybe a saif? I don't know. S-A-I-F. Huh. Or a shamsir, depending yeah. on the era. It's like those swords in Aladdin. Yeah, that, yes. Well, why didn't you just From say Arabia. that? I'm right. I'm just say Aladdin at swords. <laughs> the swords for Aladdin. Won't that offend Disney fans? Um, yeah. It's a sword from the uh, Islamic Golden Age, apparently. Nothing more frightening than being chased by a sword. Yes, but what kind of sword is the most frightening? A katami blade? A uh, yeah, I, I would I would think some type of. Uh oh, you don't want to say Japanese ninja sword. sword. Some type of like, like if a ninja was chasing me with one of those kind of swords. Yeah, that would probably be the most frightening. Now, if we had a pirate situation where it was just some swashbuckler with a big ass blade yeah i'm still frightened but i'm like yeah whatever the english broadsword big old like sir lancelot pulled from a pulled from a stone type sword yeah one of those i'm not too freaked because no. you're not going to be able to swing that thing yeah, and if you too- do i have enough time to kind of you know what time of day is this to jump what time of day this is going pound on the door it's got to be late right middle of the night somebody chasing you with a broadsword i don't think you're into that coolest kind of sword i'll type into the internet and see what the coolest type of sword is i think you just found it the arabic sword arab sword which you're still uncomfortable with yeah i, I just I, I i'm gonna say a two and a half foot sword is probably scarier because i think that you know this guy is probably a rookie he doesn't know how to wield a sword but two and a half feet i feel like i could manage yeah i could conceivably Cut someone's hand off with a two and a half foot sword. Conceivably. I don't recommend Probably. Recognize. I could probably cut somebody's hand off with a two foot sword. In fact, I would. I would cut somebody's hand off with a two foot sword if they knocked on my door and told me, hey. Hey, you need to turn down that uh, third eye blind you're listening yeah, to. Yeah, turn it off. I don't want to hear it anymore. If you play any more candle box, then you grab your sword and start chasing him down. Play one more local H song. What if I turn it to 98 degrees? What do you say? I'm cool with that. If you play one more song from Drew Hill. Okay, you like 90? All right, well, come in. Oh, come on. Let me show you my sword. Oh, got a few swords here. Uh, <laughs> come and check them out. All right, I think we've gone uh, enough into that. Uh, this segment of our show is brought to you by 808 The Hawaiian Restaurant. I want to let you know that they are offering uh, delivery service and to-go food only. No customers are allowed to be in the dine-in area of the location. They are on modified hours. They're open from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week. Uh, They make really good food, and it it is wonderful to take home, have your own little COVID luau. Um, But 808, staying open, uh, good friends of the show. So please go to either of the locations, uh, 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. When we come back. Baseball has made uh, a, a decision on what it will take for them to resume the season. They've also got uh, several scenarios in which they are willing to consider, depending on the environment, 
when they return. So we will discuss what those are. We've also got a broadcaster bracket. Anybody that is in bracket withdrawal, you may have seen that the internet has provided you uh, in the void that left was left by the NCAA tournament, several brackets. We've got one for broadcasters and what happens when you start broadcasting the mundane. All of that in hour two. Oh, we're already into hour two, aren't we? Center and Saint, 1080 The Fan.